Welcome to another episode of The Impolite Psychologist. So I would always consider myself a feminist, meaning that I am a woman who has a career and feels independent and I feel like I make my own choices in life and I feel like I get to be the best woman that I can be. And I think other women should have the opportunity to be the best women that they can be. So I started to take a deep dive into this and I looked up the definition of feminism online and it has to do with the advocacy of women's rights on the basis of equality of the sexes. Sounds good to me. Now, what's been interesting to me and why this is sort of coming up is because more than a few times, I have been in therapy with younger folks and they have referred to other time periods of feminism kind of with disgust. Oh, those second wave feminists. Oh, that's something that a second wave feminist would think. And this confused me tremendously. First of all, I thought that feminism was sort of timeless, but apparently it's not. It has been sort of separated out into different time frames. So the first wave of feminism is the suffragists. And the suffragists were the ones who fought to get women the right to vote. And so that's considered the first wave. The second wave was like the 60s and 70s feminists who wanted to work outside the home. And, and also that's when the pill was invented and women could decide when and with whom to have sex and to have casual sex and not just be someone's wife and have sex for the purposes of procreation. And now the third wave of feminism has to do with what happened in Hollywood where the Me Too movement started because everything got exposed about guys in Hollywood and in other places taking advantage of women and sleeping with them when they were in positions of power and the women were not. And so that is what is considered the third wave of feminism. Now, my issue with this is I cannot understand why any group of feminists from any time period would have an issue with another group of feminists because aren't we all on the same team? Why would there be this sort of hatred specifically for the second wave? And I think it has to do with the sexual revolution in some way because during the Me Too movement, people were kind of like, I want to be able to say no 
Um, I don't want to be pressured into sex. If I choose not to, then it shouldn't be held against me. And I think there's some confusion and weirdness with the idea that women in, in the 60s and 70s, well, I guess it was the 70s when the pill was developed, were wanting to have sex more freely. And I don't know if the current feminists believe that they were being taken advantage of. I'm not exactly sure. I wish somebody would tell me. So please tell me if you know. So in a general sense, right, I think we should all be on the same page about this. There's no reason why women should be fighting with one another. Uh, we should be actually lifting each other up. Now, there's a fantastic book called Primates of Park Avenue, and it's written by a woman by the name of Wednesday Martin. And basically, this is a woman who is an anthropologist by trade, and she was born and raised, I believe, in the Midwest. And she gets married to her husband, and then she gets pregnant, and they decide that they should raise their children close to his family. And his family happens to live on the Upper East Side of New York. What Wednesday does is she, throughout the book, compares the behaviors of the women of the Upper East Side of Manhattan to the chimpanzees at Gombe. And it's so interesting because there is this sort of primal and tribal behavior that goes on with women that is not so different than the chimpanzees at Gombe. And so it's so interesting to really understand how women work together and how they work against each other and the power struggles and the ones who lead and the ones who follow and all of that. It's such an incredible book and it goes down as one of my top choices for books right up there, probably top five of my most favorite books ever. So, also, in today's political climate, I have been looking at all the things that are happening in the world politically. And one of the things that has happened in my state is that all of the bathrooms in every coffee house, bar, restaurant, have been changed to non-gender bathrooms. Now, most of these places had at one time had a men's and a women's bathroom. A lot of times they are, there are two, and one was originally the men's bathroom and one was originally the women's bathroom. And that what happened was a law got passed somewhere along the way that said, no, 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 you can't do that because somebody in a completely different state was discriminated against who was trans. Therefore, everybody in your state should have gender-free bathrooms. Now, 
as I said, these places had a men's room and a ladies room. And when they created the gender-free restroom situation, they did not do anything to change the respective restrooms. So that when I walk into one, I will still to this day find a urinal. And I'm supposed to pretend that that's a gender-free bathroom. And I am supposed to overlook the urinal and have no problem and just use it anyway. To me, urinals are disgusting. Men piss around the floor when they use a urinal. And I don't want to be subjected to that. So if I walk into a restroom and I see a urinal, that is a men's bathroom. You can call it gender-free. It's still a men's bathroom. And I will go into the other one to avoid having to smell and look at and see a urinal. To me, this is an example of how today's political climate has screwed over women. I do not like this one bit. I want my own bathroom and I don't want to have to share with men. And I don't want to have to risk a man walking in on me in the bathroom. Sorry. No, thank you. But this is what I feel as a feminist has happened, is that somehow these political issues are created around some other group and women are the ones who get screwed in the end anyway. Somehow, for example, men who go through puberty and then after puberty, decide that they are trans women and then enter women's sports and then win women's sports. This is another way that women are getting screwed. Nobody wants to talk about how women get screwed when we have trans women in women's sports. And yet, what is happening? They are conquering women's sports. Now, we know the story of Leah Thomas swimming and competing at a moderate level as Will Thomas and then transitioning to Leah Thomas and absolutely dominating women's swimming. And none of the women who were on the team were allowed to speak about it. They were not allowed to say this is unfair. They were not allowed to say that clearly there's a difference between Leah's body and ours, and clearly the whole reason that we have women's sports is for women who have been women since birth and did not experience male muscle mass, male puberty, or anything else are allowed to compete. The reason we have women's sports so that women had a level playing field. And the truth is, is that women don't have a level playing field when transgender women went through male puberty first. It's simply unfair. And for women to be silenced about it is just another way that women are getting oppressed and screwed. And I'm sorry, but that's exactly what's happening. I have an issue with it as a feminist, right? We have separate competitions we separate out women's sports 
in order for women to be able to compete at the appropriate level and with equality. And, and to take that away and to silence women is another way that our society is trying to screw women. And so as a feminist, I do have a problem with this. Now, something came up recently. I was looking through YouTube and if you want to see any toy commercials from the eighties, you can pretty much find anything on YouTube. And somehow I got on a Barbie commercial loop where they just played one Barbie commercial after another. Now I have always been a fan of Barbie. You have all these people who say that she's the worst. You have a lot of people saying that Barbie is a terrible role model for women because proportionally her body is impossible, that women could never be that thin or that tall or whatever. And that that's why Barbie is so hated. And my argument has always been, but look, Barbie's been an astronaut and a teacher and a doctor and, and a babysitter. And she has been all these different things in life. And so Barbie is awesome because she does everything and anything that a woman would want to do. Now I say that, but I had forgotten until I watched these commercials that their motto was, we girls can do anything like Barbie. And that was the motto in the 80s. We girls can do anything like Barbie. And so I noticed the pattern in what Barbie was. One of the Barbies that stood out to me was this day to night Barbie, where Barbie was wearing a business suit during the day and she carried a briefcase. And then at night, her business skirt would convert into a ball gown and she could go out dancing. And this is why I love Barbie because she's feminine and she can have fun and do girl things, but she's also serious and has a brain and can do all these different careers. And so in today's climate, I think that it is sort of poo-pooed to be feminine in a way. So for me, I believe that feminism has to do with accepting all types of women for who they are. There's no problem with that because I think feminism accepts all women no matter what. The idea is that feminism has to do with allowing women to have choices in life in terms of who they want to be. And that can be anything that a woman wants to be. Now, I happen to like being feminine. I'm not completely feminine. I have a lot of, let's say, aggressive qualities that aren't so feminine. But in general, I like being a woman. I like looking like a woman. I want people to know that I am a woman 
when I speak, when I enter a room, everything. And I have had the experience of somebody trying to take that away from me where I was introduced as a person, not even they, but like the pronoun was person. And my femininity in this scenario was disguised. And I think that that was meant to be politically correct. But let me tell you, I was absolutely insulted by this completely because I am a woman. I am a she, her. I like being a woman. I don't declare my pronouns because I think it should be obvious and I shouldn't have to state it. And I am not going to state it. I think it should only be stated if it is not obvious what your gender identity is. But if it is, why do we need to state it? It's obvious. This is one of those things that I don't want taken away from me. I think that women should be allowed to be whoever they are from whatever time period they are from. There is some interesting things that have changed for women over time. So the temperance society was a society which was, I believe Christian, but mainly their idea was anti-alcohol. The idea behind the temperance society was for people to not engage in so much alcohol use and that sort of thing. Now, what I have learned is that the temperance society was started by women. And the reason it was started by women back in the 1800s was because their men were coming home after drinking, after work, and becoming violent. And so a group of women started the Temperance Society, which had to do with being a good person and not drinking alcohol so much and following the Christian principles and all of that stuff. But really, underneath it all was an opportunity for women to fight back against domestic violence at that time. And so kudos to them for trying to do it in a way, in a way that was socially acceptable. Now, one of the other things that I have learned is that nowadays the pro-choice movement is mainly for women by women and that pro-choice pro-choice is currently by women for women however pro-life is how women started because prior to good birth control methods there were a lot of men impregnating women and it became the woman's problem to deal with. And when abortion was invented, it was an opportunity for men who impregnated women to continue to do what they wanted to do and get away with it. And so women during that time were against abortion because they did not want men 
to be able to get away with unprotected sex and walk away from their responsibilities. They did not want that. And so it was women who were the first pro-lifers. So I think we all have to understand a woman's place in society, whatever it has been throughout the ages. It is whatever we needed in any moment in time, and it will continue to be whatever is needed as things change over time, as women need different things, as the climate changes, as the political environment changes, as relationships with men change, as relationships with other women change. All of these things are changeable and it's based on what we need in any given moment and what any individual woman needs. And so the message here is women need to stop fighting amongst themselves or between generations. We are here to lift each other up and help each other through whatever our reality needs to be for the circumstances we are in. We need to help each other out and lift each other up and be there for one another and be sisters rather than fight or be disgusted or be upset. We're all on the same team here. We want what's best for women. We want what's best for the next generation of women. We want what's best for daughters and sisters and, and mothers and grandmothers. We want what's best for all of us. And so please work together and be each other's teammates, not adversaries. Be well, and thank you for listening.